Welcome back to the Flash Flashcast. We're on week number two of our exciting new experiment where we we record the podcast less than 24 hours after the episode airs. So far, we've gotten positive feedback from one person on Twitter. If you have thoughts about us uh, slamming this out the door earlier, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. I am Lisa Schmeiser, and with me, as always, are Phil Muzlak. Hi, how you doing? With his mind-bending theory he'll get to. And Tony Sindelar. Hello, nerds whom I am pleased to report will take us into this episode with his prepared flash recap. Um, I've been stretching, I, you know, yeah. I've been mm-hmm. running in circles all in place, <laughs> running in place the full, I'm, I'm ready. Tony. Okay. Tony crush it. Yeah, he I, will. Uh, okay. And, uh, and we have a, it's, it's a big episode tonight. We got a lot of ground to cover. So I will count you down and, um, you know what? I'll even spot you the word okay, since I've noticed we all tend to start our recap with okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so you. I'll, I'll count you down. I'll spot you okay. And I look forward to seeing how actually preparing for this recap goes. <laughs> Ready? Three, two, one, go. Okay. Wally and Iris are tracking down Central City gunrunners slash arm smugglers uh, in what is basically the Big Iris episode we've been owed for like three seasons of this show. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Gypsy appears. She's sort of an interdimensional cop slash bounty hunter. I kind of thought she would show a badge at some point. That never happens. Uh, she's planning to take HR home to Earth-19, where he will be sentenced to death. Uh, Cisco, uh, who has a crush on uh, Gypsy, uh, challenges her to trial by combat. Uh, and after some shenanigans and training uh, sequences, uh, Cisco as Vibe uh, defeats Gypsy. Uh, but the deal is, HR can never return to Earth 19 because we don't want to talk about this anymore. Uh, Barry and Kid Flash team up successfully, and then at the end of the episode, Barry announces that Kid Flash will save Iris from Savitar because he can't. Ooh, that was 49 seconds nice, exactly. Nice, Tony. Nice. You Very cr- nice. You crushed well it. Well done. Yeah, and you hit all the major plot points, too. I tried. So, well done, well done. Excellent. So, yeah, this was, the, this was the episode where we find out that Harrison Wells, or HR's big dark secret in this case, is actually that he's, he's, he writes fan fiction about himself and sends it across <laughs> the dimensions. <laughs> Which was pretty delightful. Um. Yeah, because it, it's just so bad. And, <laughs> and um, then he gets, yeah, he gets hunted down by Gypsy, and uh, there's, there, there are shenanigans. And, um, yeah, it's a very shenanigan full episode. Come to think of it. I, I liked the tone switch and, uh, like you did comment, this is, this was the Iris episode we've been screaming about for, for several seasons now. Um, and I will admit it was welcome, but part of it felt like the writer's room was like, all right, fine, here you go. Here's your Iris. <laughs> so it, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I'm still, I'm still reeling from having just seen the episode. So I may be, I may not have fully processed it, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to, uh, here's my, my opening bid. I think this was my favorite episode of season three so far. Absolutely. So, yeah. uh, yes. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was firing mm-hmm. on all cylinders. I thought we got a lot of fun moments with characters, some who are kind of new and some who we just haven't really seen that much. And I thought Cisco was better written or at least more amusingly written than he'd been in a while. Uh, mm-hmm. Julian was like a fun addition where like he's there and he gets to add a, lo- a little bit, but he's not overpowering. Um, and he's got a gimmick to- now. Yeah. I really Iris enjoyed Julian stuff. in this episode, to be honest. Yeah. Like, that was my favorite part. Um, 
And I like how, you know, at the very end when they're like, Cisco, when they're like, Cisco beat him. And she like goes, oh, she must have been having an off day. What? <laughs> I laughed and laughed and laughed. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> I like his energy because everybody else on the team is so emotional and friendly and fluffy and cuddly. And they're like a big basket of puppies. Or as the kids on the Tumblr say, a beautiful, pure cinnamon roll that's too good for this world. And Julian is not. Julian is not sentimental. And he is a welcome voice of uh, of critical reason mm-hmm. that, that I think they need. I really do. Um, especially since that person used to be whatever incarnation of but Tom Cavanaugh's character. And now that we have a Tom Cavanaugh character who is even more of a hot mess than anyone else in that team, y- you got to have somebody who's there to balance out all the goopy sweetness with, with something resembling, um, you know, a brain. But mm-hmm. do we need the dopiness of, well, <laughs> there are six other ways that you all could have done such and such. Uh, and no, yeah, I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, this, I love it. This is where the, dick, the dickness starts to come in, and that, I don't know. I, that I don't word like has been bad. used a lot this season. I, I don't feel like it's a bad thing for him to want people to be better. Um, you know, and I agree that I'm, and I think maybe this is an American thing versus a British thing because I do have two British bosses um, at this point in my career too, and both of them are pretty much the same way. Where they're like, "Oh, you got the job done, but why didn't you think about X, Y, Z?" <laughs> And it's, well, it's nice because it forces you to, to, to up your game, as it were. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Julian has a point. If you're a metahuman who's fighting other metahumans, many of whom don't have ethics or scruples, then you need to be at the top of your game if you want to uh, mm-hmm. do, do everything by, by, by the book, as it were. Can, can yeah. I tell you who doesn't, who's, who's not on their game? The, the electric gang. And is that oh, is that a real thing? Uh, I didn't look it up, and it scares me to know that that might be a, like a real thing. It you know, it, it sounds like they're both trying too hard and not hard enough because it's yeah. like you know what your gang doesn't need a name. You guys are armed smugglers. Keep it like on the DL. Like don't don't. Have I feel like they hired branding. a consulting firm for branding. Yeah, they hired they hired a consulting firm that gave them a PowerPoint deck and laid out their their Q one, Q two, Q three goals, and they're like, "We're launching with our new rebranding campaign." You know <laughs> what kind of weapons are cool? Energy yeah. weapons. So you guys are going to not just be the gun gang. You're the electric yeah. gang. Um, that just which, sounds like the electric company went rogue. Yeah, you know? it does. It does. You know. Well, you you know, we slash funding for public television. These things are going to happen. Uh, yeah. So, got to make ends meet somehow. Uh, but we got yeah. alternative sources of death, I guess, mm-hmm. instead of yeah. lead and ice weapons, <laughs> things like that. We now have electric. Well, it's green energy. That's it's right. clean. That's right. Clean death. <laughs> it's a clean death. Yes. Yeah, it's like environmentally conscious death, Phil. <laughs> It's important. But, it makes yeah, sense. But no, I mean, it just I, makes no, I, good sense. It yeah. does. I really hope they keep Julian around. I, you know, if they, I mean, mind you, if they if they find new ways to write a specific iteration of Wells off the off the show every season and bring back a new one, I will be amused and delighted by by what they do because I like that running conceit. But if they stick with this configuration where you've got this goofy interdimensional fanfic writer and his obsessive drumstick thing. Um, then I hope that they actually make make Julian a part of the permanent ensemble too, because I, I feel like you do need to have that that balance of sour along with everybody else. Otherwise, it's just uh, it's an episode of My Little Pony, except everyone's in leather. Mm-hmm. So. so I think I think you've convened our Wells wellness check. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there, we've been there's been there's been a lot of suspicion about uh, mm-hmm. Wells for this whole season, and we got we got a little bit more information this episode. 
in terms of uh, you know, he, like he can't go back, and his having left his Earth is kind of a big deal. Yeah, um, and he seems to be kind of like he's. I mean, they can always write people out, but it seems like we're going to be stuck with this guy for a while. In that, like, yeah. he can't go back to Earth, his Earth. Uh, I guess he could. St- there's still many other Earths out there he could go to. Um, but I mean, this, yeah. maybe this is the uh, the version of Wells we're going to have for a couple seasons. How do you feel about yeah. that? I think just, it's a really smart move on the writer's part. Yeah, and and the knowing there's a Mustafar Earth is really exciting as well. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think the thing I like about the way they're doing it is again they have the option to either stick with Goofball Wells, and um, they set that they set up the whole he's in for the long haul thing with Cisco's speech to him where he's like, yeah, I'm going to make an investment in you, and someday your out of the box thinking will pay off. But there are still enough things that are questionable. Like, he's got the partner who did all the hard work. Um, so what role does the partner have in all this? Or um, there's the fact that Gypsy does lie to her superiors. And will that come back to bite her in the butt in a future episode? Like, like that potential's now there, too. And there's still the face-switching technology. So we still have some potential for betrayal there. It, I think it was smart of the writer's room to give us the sense that one chapter on this is closed to the satisfaction of the team. But there's always like a little thread you can pick at and unravel mm-hmm. in future episodes or future seasons if necessary. I did notice they did. There was no discussion of the face switching. In, I, I assume yeah. that Gypsy, as a kind of interdimensional bounty hunter, has the technology to see right through his his face switching yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but but still had his the, the like the requisite. I have just traveled from another dimension. I have to look at a hologram of somebody to remind myself what they look like. Um, yeah. I also felt bad that he's wearing the dumb hat in his little mugshot hologram. Um, <laughs> that's embarrassing. Well, that, that was him <laughs> at the point of Exodus. They get, they snap your picture on the interdimensional oh, okay. transport. See, their borders are well, open. They didn't close yeah. anything off. Uh, well, yeah, think, if think you about build a wall, people will find a way to get around it, I think. Yeah. Even interdimensionally, that's obvious. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so there's that. So I, I liked that whole premise that, um, one, there, I, I, what I like is I like imagining that back on Earth-19, um, First of all, I love that Gypsy like automatically adopts a numbering system that makes that that puts Barry and his crew at the center with Earth One, and she's like, "Oh, on Earth nineteen, we do this." I'm like, "Really?" So that's the ordinal number that this is the ordinal <laughs> Earth, and the rest of them just spin off. Um, but so what I really love is the idea that apparently Wells is like HR has been sending his fanfic back to this planet, and now I like imagining this planet rioting when they can't get updates. <laughs> Like everybody is on um, Earth 19's version of the World Wide Web and on Reddit, and they, they've launched the conspiracy theories. There's like a Twitter hashtag trending called "Where's HR?" And um, well, like, no, here's the Buzzfeed she- on that planet has has gone crazy. Like the 19 greatest lines he ever wrote, and um, there's 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 like vicious controversy over well, he was wrong to do it in the first place. Oh, come on, it's harmless, and you know, like. We will never know because obviously it's all sealed mm-hmm. off and surely we'll never ever visit that whole planet again with its strict prohibi- prohibition on interdimensional travel, right? But I, I just like imagining that there was this, this dispatch from planet, dispatch from planet, and now everyone's like, I want to go to there. <laughs> they have coffee. Cisco has luxurious hair. <laughs> well, conceivably, Gypsy <clears throat> can mm-hmm. go back and forth and we're going to see her again because... Obviously, there's some sort of connection between her and Cisco. Mm, they can both vibe. Which apparently mm. is the scientific name for it and not just the word that Cisco made yeah. up when he first did it, because that's what she she that's has that she terminology also. 
Well, I wonder how they ended up on the same terminology. Yeah, that's interesting uh. because they're actually mm-hmm. the same person. They're just gender bent. See, they didn't. They didn't like switch ID. That's the challenge when you meet somebody from another mm-hmm. dimension. Like you don't check IDs and find out. Like, hey, are you actually related to me? Uh huh. Yeah. You know, as, as in another dimension. But you know, I you know, it's it's across Earths. It's okay. They're well, just you they're, actually they're, raised. A- What's really the difference relevant. between the alternate Earth identity of you and you know and a star-crossed lover? There's really, I mean, that's it's just, it's just a matter of poetry. Well, you've raised an interesting ethical question because, um, you know, if you date another iteration of yourself, um, are you dating yourself or are you dating a whole other person? Like, are there troubling, you know, don't date members of your family things going on, or is it because it's another Earth? Things are just different enough. I think um, this, I think this, this show is thrown out the uh, don't date members of your family. That's not a problem on this right. show, right? Exactly, so. yeah. exactly. <laughs> oh, I walked right into that one. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Joe, Joe would good. agree with you. In fact, he would break out into a cold mm-hmm. sweat if you were, you know, going to take some of his documents and talk about the potential mm-hmm. to that you were. Uh, maybe wanting to expand your family. Yes, that oh, was God, that was such scene. a great Oh, Jesse L. Martin played it so well. And <laughs> just just the and and so well this is the thing is Candace Patton did great work in this episode. Um and it this was possibly the first Iris centric episode we've seen. And I think what I like about this the most is um how She's like, well, I know I don't die today, so, you know, come at me, bro. And I thought, that is actually some pretty potent, heady stuff. Like, if you knew you weren't supposed to die until such and such date, what is stopping you from going out and just, you know, staring down every every criminal element in the city and going, come at me, bro, I'm on the crime beat. Uh, it, the answer? Know. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I thought that was, that was great. pretty great. I, I thought it was like, no, I, you know, I mean, she seems to be... There is this a little bit of this disconnect between her and Barry, where Barry is like, mm-hmm. we are going to save you no matter what. And she's like, well, you're going to try, but yeah. maybe I'm going to live the next four months like they might be my last. And that means I am going to, like, team up with my brother, who I'm still getting to know and fight crime. And I'm going to be a I'm going to publish the story of my career and I'm going mm-hmm. to take down some arms dealers. And I am I'm going out on top because it yeah. seems to be how. Uh, which is exciting for a character, right? And yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was pretty fun in terms of how it was written and how it was but, performed. So I don't but know. How I good? How good was I Joe impulse. when Joe mm-hmm. got the got the knowledge bomb dropped on him by um, Kid Flash? That mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you almost got shot. He did that double take. It was so good. It was just like what? What? <laughs> Come yep. again? Yeah. No, it's it's well. I like that Joe is never going to stop being their, their, their dad. And it's just like, I was trembling. He's like, my boys, you know, that was adorable. <laughs> you know, I love that he's so proud and happy with them both. And I love that um, having the two of them work together, like thrills his dadly heart. So, you know, that's great. But the Iris thing got me thinking, because um, what I, what I, what I thought was interesting was how she's focused on making a mark and doing good in the world. And I like that she is making the argument that you don't have to be a superhero to do it. Like, that's actually a criticism that we've we've levied in this podcast before. You know, the idea that you can do good without putting on a leather suit and sprinting. And for Iris to come out and say, you know, why can't I do good? Why can't I risk my life like plenty of other people who try to change the world for the better? I thought that was awesome. Um, and I thought it was interesting how she was like, I'm just determined to make a mark. I'm determined to change the world. I'm determined to make a mark. And it was nice to have somebody outline her ambition like that, you know? Yeah. And it was great I, to have that ambition be more than, I want a dreamy boyfriend. Ugh. 
I thought it, this episode was just really fun. I, I think, you know, Barry mm-hmm. really took a step back from being like, I'm going to drive all the action. And we basically had a subplot with Cisco and a subplot with Iris. And then he is also there sometimes. And mm-hmm. that was like, just even at the end when, when Cisco is fighting uh, Gypsy and Barry is in the command center, you know, watching Caitlin watch what's going on, which is like yeah. not what he's ever had to do before. And it's like, it's kind of, that was fun. And it's like, how did we yeah. get this far into the show without them doing more? where somebody else had to be the hero or the team yeah. really had to do more of the work instead of Barry runs really fast and then Barry run faster. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so. And I yeah. think this leads us to where potentially a dream mm-hmm. might happen where Barry leaves the show for a couple episodes. It, mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And I want to emphasize we like Barry and he's fine, but you know, I, I think it would be f- interesting and fun for a superhero show to explore what happens when the superhero goes. I mean, we saw there was like the beginning of that season of Arrow where like Oliver's living in a suburb of Felicity and, but they're like back on the case, like within 20 minutes of the season opener. Yeah. So, you know, that's not happening again. Yeah. Um, or a short drive from, yeah, from, yeah. from the warehouse district. So. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, you know, why not, why not do something though where, either Barry's trapped in the speed force or trapped on an alternate planet, or he gets like kidnapped into planet 19 and they're all, earth 19. We're like, sorry, no, you can't go. Um, so, so who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm still, so here's one thing I'm still not clear about is, um, you've got this woman, um, gypsy who obviously is metahuman. I'm really not clear. Like, what the whole planet's attitude is towards metahumans. Cause Harrison Wells just seems kind of amused and thrilled by it all. Yeah, we we are still lacking a pretty incomplete picture of Earth-19. We have these very weird little snapshots about what they... Like, for example, we found out, Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, we went to war war with another Earth. And it's like, you didn't... You didn't you didn't think to mention that in like your top five bullets and it's like no it's like we don't have coffee and like a few other things that they're, yes you know it turns out HR is not a reliable tour guide um, so yeah no like for a dude who's a writer he has no idea how to present details no he's a little <laughs> a little inwardly focused uh, details yeah. so, tales come yeah, on I think somebody else does that in post um, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> probably as part all together yeah. We haven't met yet. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that one. So, uh, uh, what I, did you? I will be waiting. Were you? Were people amused by the uh, the interdimensional fight where we see Cisco and Gypsy uh, travel across several different Earths? I thought it was somewhat needless, but I was amused. Uh, it reminded me. It, it was good fun. Yes. It was good fun. Yeah. With Miss Teshbacher, this planet's getting weirder all the time. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, you're adorable, Eve. Um. Yeah, I was delighted by that, and I like that they're um, doing subtle, subtle tie-ins like that. And um, I was, I was delighted by Barry having to be sidelined and Cisco calling Barry out on his crap. This has actually been the season where Cisco calls Barry out with good cause um, several times. In addition to the, well, my brother is dead because of you thing. <laughs> I also, so, I thought it was kind of fun that it was like he is sidelined because we tried to cheat at the trial for death that we yes. already kind of cheated to set up. It's not like yeah. my legs broken or I'm stuck in a magic cage. It's like no, mm-hmm. I've I cheated at the game, and so I have to stand over I'm here. Really sorry, yeah. I yeah. Think I put, Barry, go stand in the corner. What? Go stand in the corner. 
So, so yeah, I appreciated that too. No, this was a fun episode. Um, they got their groove back. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen next week, and I kind of don't care, but I do enjoy that Kid Flash is coming to more prominence. I like that they seem to be setting up a lot of plan Bs and plan Cs. I still don't trust HR, but I like the premise that instead of having, you know, she's a doctor and a PhD, and she also is now an ice lady, um, you have somebody joining the team who's like... I was a creative writing major. <laughs> I wear a weird hat and I carry a drumstick around and I just make everyone coffee and offer weird ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like that you've got somebody who isn't um, already in mm-hmm. like the top, the top 1% of human accomplishment. It's nice. You know what role I think uh, Julian ends up filling is that he is mm-hmm. kind of, he's Nasty Wells from uh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Earth 2, which I, I appreciate. Um uh, because yes. I feel like he's got a lot of that just like, yeah, you know, that's okay, but it wasn't good, and we need it yeah. to be good. Well, um, and I, like, I, I miss Jerk Wells. Yeah, yeah, I miss Jerk Wells. I like his graph that doesn't have any, you know, uh, labels on the axes. Um, yeah. It's like, you're getting faster, but not fast enough. <laughs> we need no, you I like that. I, I liked where he's like, all right, here, visual aids, you monkeys. <laughs> well, I, I think he strikes a good balance between, mm-hmm. he is not as much of a jerk as Jerk Wells, so much yeah. as... I am just blunt, and I am not going to take the time to, like, uh, cushion your ego. I'm just going to tell you how it is, and this is how it is. You're not fast enough. Hey, real quick. He says, I've got to get back to the police department, and so do you. Was he talking to Barry? Yeah, that's his throwaway line that Barry technically has a job again. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Because Barry never Never, went to— Never— no, nope. never went. (laughs) Don't don't worry about it, Mose. The real—you know, now that that Julian's on Team Flash— and Julian mm-hmm. was probably the person that was like complaining that Barry's never showing up. Now he's covered. He never has yeah. to like. He never. So this has is to a matter in. of keeping your your friends close and your enemies closer. Like if yeah. you bring your enemies onto your superhero team, then they really can't complain too much. Yeah, oh, he never right. has to show up for work. It's it's a mm-hmm. great deal. This is you know. He just collects paychecks. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we also established that Barry has vast real estate holdings in the city too, so he doesn't need to work. I think he just works because it's easy to to, to like get police files that way. The, par- the parking is really great, so you know it's it's the healthcare plan that really does you know. it. I think. And you know, Every he's time. a speedster. He could probably do a week's worth of work in fifteen minutes if he ate enough food afterwards. He'd be okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he probably doesn't always remember to do that. Oh, all he's got to do is shake some buns and burners, and he's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was also I was amused by their little uh, Lego slash uh, small building block toy diorama they built of the uh, of the mm-hmm. the uh, the time travel uh, destination that they. And getting I distracted. hope to see more of that as they slowly modify it over time. It was fantastic. Yeah, and then getting distracted. Why am I a marble? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yep. No, I, I, it's like whoever wrote that whole scene has clearly either run or been in a meeting where people just got derailed on something ridiculous for, for mm-hmm. five minutes. And you're like, why am I spending my time on this? So. Just, and what was amazing is my girls go, oh, look, it's a Lego friend. And it was one of the mm-hmm. friends mm-hmm. characters uh, playing Iris. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, very funny. Uh, I've been so- in meetings where people have debated index card colors for 15 minutes. That's, you know. That's, that's that's what people like to do. That was like the dirty secret of adulthood is when you get a job and you have to go to meetings. I can remember like my first year out of college, I would be sitting in all of these meetings and I kept thinking, why did I work so hard to get to college and go through college and get this job when I am just sitting here listening to people <laughs> debate PowerPoint decks? And at the point 
I had a boss who was very fond of shutting down dissent by saying, I hear your words, but this is where I'm coming from. <laughs> Nobody, nobody warns you that all civilizations are lie. Uh, at least that's how they get you. So, exactly. Yes. Like this is how they. I bought in. It's it's yeah. like almost like the opening monologue in train in train spotting. Choose it. Choose on this. Choose on that. Like makes so much sense after you've after you've been in the workplace for about six months. It's, it's kind of like Training Day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the movie, not the TV show. Uh, let's not talk about that. I like I like the dualities that it's like life is either like Training Day or Train Spotting, but it's clearly a movie that with the word train in the name. That's yes. the only way to view yes. existence. It's not Keep learned. Trained. It's training. Yes. I just I just appreciate the rich tapestry of worldviews yeah. that we have represented here. So. The hell of them centering around locomotives. Now you can tell this is a good episode, and we're all pretty much in agreement because we veered wildly off topic. And we're like, yeah, that yep. was great. Let's talk about how much we hate going to meetings. <laughs> Hey, let's talk about Kid Flash's uniform. I just want to say a couple things. Uh, I, was it I, was it different? Or uh, just indeed, it was. Okay, it, uh, it seemed less glaringly bad. Okay, oh. if yeah. you, if you, I look, mean, it's still terrible. The but, internet, mm-hmm. the internet has seen what I saw, which is the mm-hmm. turning of the neck, and they have done something and kind of slenderized and made uh, Wally's neck a little bit more uh, natural looking and not as. Um, Henry Rollins circa 1990. <laughs> yeah, uh, Henry th- Rollins has discovered weightlifting. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, that I so I want to emphasize that the actor who plays Wally, whose name I'm blanking on, is crazy charming and really good at and very nuanced and um I like his work. I like how he's, I like his addition to the show. But like the problem is he's built like a normal human being and so when you see him and you see him running um it's the same problem I have with other flashes. I'm like, you look a little bulky to be moving that fast. Whereas um, Grant Gustin like looks like a strong breeze could knock him over. So it seems entirely plausible that he could just zip, 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 zip. So like, that's my thing about, you know, when Barry and Wally are standing next to each other, it's just like, how is Wally not getting considerable wind shear? Because his shoulders are really broad. <laughs> and he, Speed Force works in magical ways. Yeah. So. yeah I guess I guess so. He's yeah. kind of built like a wrestler in a sense. His yeah. arms are mm-hmm. very long. And when mm-hmm. I, I hate to say these things because I don't want you to see them because now mm-hmm. the, you, you, you can't unsee it. But watch mm-hmm. when he comes out of a run or begins a run, his arms kind of flap and then get into uh, position. So yeah. just just to just to just take a look. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it's uh, I, and again, I want to stress, Wally is a great addition to the ensemble. The actor whose name I'm still blanking on is um, he does a great job. He's got great chemistry with everybody. This is a show that's really well cast. Come to think of it, like um. I can't think of anybody they've tried to force on us where we're like, no, quit trying to make them. No, like I can't think of an example. Whereas there have been some other shows, cough, cough, legends of tomorrow, cough, cough, <laughs> where you're like, no, it's not working at all. Get them off my screen. You brought up the show that I don't like to talk about. And yeah. some people, yeah, I did. And some people like you have mm-hmm. brought up some somewhere there's a crossover that I should be aware of in some way. But I don't want to be aware of it. But if you would like to talk about it, you can you can easily do that. Okay, Tony, do you want to talk about it with me? Uh, sure. Hi. I'm Hi. Present. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say, should we should we do a spoiler horn for people who do or don't watch? Or, all right. How about this? No, they Flat. don't. They don't. 
They don't. Okay, they don't. All right, so here's the thing is in Legends of Tomorrow, we find out that Yobard Thon is is running the, the Legion of Doom. Um, mm-hmm. And by the way, it is the it's most a, fun. It's a, like, a, a mini Legion of Doom. What it lacks it, yeah. in numbers of members and paying dues, it takes up for it. Is Black, is Black Manta there? No, no, Black Manta is no, not got, there. Not good Malcolm Merlin. They've got Malcolm Merlin and... Um, they have the Neil McDonoghue character, and I never bother learning his name because he's Neil McDonoghue, who is just <laughs> cheerfully menacing on his own. And I, I love that he's found his niece. So you've got these three guys, and Yobard Damien Thon Dark, is, he's got a ridiculous Damien name. Dark, that's right, yeah, with the extra H, Dark. Yeah. Um, but what we find out, so what we find out is Yobard Thon um, was, in theory, remember in back in season one, Yobard Thon was, in theory, wiped from the timeline when Eddie sacrificed himself, right? Correct. So, Correct. So, in theory, Yobard Thon should be, you know, gone, gone to join the speed, the the choir invisible. Um, you know, he has ceased to be. He's off the mortal coil, except because he's part of the speed force, he is effectively still woven into the fabric of existence. Okay, so, I'm I'm, I'm like, following the, so far. I, I'm, I'm so tracking. Like, so, like the thing is, is if you're part of the speed force, you never really die. Especially you can, if you, especially if you're really into time travel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And while he's like, okay, I have to keep running, keep running, because Zoom has been turned into the Black Flash. Who is? What? Is, it, is it Zoom? I don't know if it's Zoom, but there's certainly there is some death-like entity. Yeah. From the, the intimation, speed force the intimation, him. the intimation that I got in the episode was that at the was that Zoom has been turned into the latest Wraith, Time Wraith, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that Zoom's job is now to chase down Yobard Thon. So Yobard Thon is trying to keep running and re and, and rejigger history so he doesn't have the he doesn't have zoom on his tail. But what I really wanted to focus on more than anything else was the fact that the writers have basically said, oh, everything that happened at the end of season one where Eddie sacrificed himself so Yobard Thon doesn't exist. Nope. He's here. Why? Speed force. And um so that's I have a feeling that's going to affect the flash at some point because he's gonna pop back into existence and he may or may not explain why. And our team of dummies who can't bother to communicate information effectively to anybody because secrets are much more fun will be all, Oh, why did this happen? And it will be revealed at a crucial moment or what have you. Or perhaps HR will prove useful. He's like, Oh well, maybe this speed force thing makes you immortal. And um anyway, point is Yobardthon is gonna pop up again on the flash. Um, so, so like so what I like that, sure right now. what mm-hmm. I like that they did with this that I'm kind of surprised uh-huh. we didn't see earlier is the uh-huh. big thing that they kind of revealed in this most recent Legends of Tomorrow episode is because Eobard Thon is being chased by like the specter of death. Yeah. He basically can't be in the same place very long. Yeah. So which is actually like a really kind of compelling limitation on the super speedster who can do a million things is like yeah. he can't hang around and so he yeah. needs to recruit minions to do stuff for him and it's like because that was all that was the thing we complained about for all of season two is like where where is zoom when he's not doing this stuff right he's a yeah. speedster he can be everywhere and it's just like eh, he's just he just was very distractible mm-hmm. whereas eobard is like no i can't be in the same place because i, I will can't be tracked down find me yeah exactly. yeah i will be tracked down by the specter of death so right, i have so- to keep moving which so you- i thought that was a fun little fun little yeah. hook that yeah i like that sense. they built in a weakness um i the- to me, superheroes are always much more interesting if they have a serious vulnerability that they have to figure out how to work around. Yeah. The the show that you're describing right now sounds There's no resemblance to the one you watched, right? No, not at all. It sounds like the like these quote legends aren't even on the show, and it sounds awesome because it sounds like all villains doing villain stuff 
And then like that is, the black that is how the most recent episode works. So so yeah. the black flash is kind of the good guy or he's even more evil than this mi- like middle tier level uh I evil think he's team. lawful yeah. neutral. I think he's lawful neutral he, where he's he like really the presented laws ha- as like an elemental La- creature, right? Yeah, like lawful neutral where he's like there there are there are laws of the universe and I'm here to enforce them. Is it doesn't Teddy matter if Sears? those laws are right or wrong. It's, I don't know. It's, it's unclear. His, it's he's unclear. all yeah. kind of spectry, zombie-looking. So yeah, I mean, just haunting. I mean, he's awful, all CGI. But, do but, I dare know. go and try to watch this particular you know episode? You, you might, you might watch this one episode as a one-off and just and then stumble then, backward into yeah. a, a haze of watching more Legends of Tomorrow episode. No, no, don't do that. Don't do it. No, that's no, not going to happen. Um, you, I, you know it. what I. I think you there could enjoy this episode as like a one-off, like exploring mm-hmm. what's going on in the CW universe in time travel. Yeah. This episode is also confusing to me about like, there keeps being stuff where it says like present day and it's like, which present day do you mean? This whole show is about time travel, Yeah, um, but it doesn't matter. So. And, I, and again, I keep coming back to, there's gotta be like branching multiverses at this point where like 16 old berries are going to come back and slap the current one going, stop trying to change history. It's all collapsing. Um, but yeah, I would watch this one because again, Damien Dark and Malcolm Merlin in the same room. It's pretty Very delicious. Charming. But Damien yeah, Dark I mean, is dead. Yes, that is covered. Yes, that yes. Is covered. That is actually covered in this episode where he's like, I would I would very much like to prevent that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. This is this yeah. remember, extremely interesting. Remember, yeah. Damien Dark lives for like forever, right? Because That's right. Uh, That's right. So, so the idea is, I, I'm not, I am not entirely sure where in the timeline he has been grabbed from, but he has been grabbed from somewhere and mm-hmm. informed that he has fated to die at this point, and you know, with a and lot so of work. And so that provides him with ample motivation, really. Yeah, you know? it's it's actually somehow he's like Iris, except evil. Somehow they've managed to tell a, a, a compelling little time travel story there inside all of their other time travel stories that are falling in on themselves. So yeah. there's one little nugget of good time travel story hidden in this one episode. Wow, yeah. they just it's, they just hit it, huh? Yeah, I you know it's been, it's been a fun it's been a weird year on Legends of Tomorrow because every once in a while you'll watch a scene or something you're like oh I really like what they're doing and then the rest of the show happens and you're like oh <sighs> so close so close you know every now and then like mm-hmm. there's just there's a disaster show that can just like it can hit like a crescendo and it's it's just amazing to me that's that's yeah. Gotham is for that for me right now where it's like this show is is crazy and I love it now um, oh and, really. Like, yeah. Oh no, it's 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 great. Uh it doesn't really make any sense and it's 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 just like they don't care where the rails are and it's like every episode actually <laughs> legitimately surprises me because I'm like, "Really? This is what you're going to do? This is not where I saw coming." And that when you look at how formulaic so many of these shows are, that that is yeah. that is some that's some a source of delight. So, I appreciate that even if it's kind of sometimes uh nonsensical. Um You have just made me want to watch Gotham for the first time in a year, and I'm not sure whether to thank you or curse you for that. It's uh, probably mainly a curse, so... Okay, alright. <laughs> so if you were going to start if you're gonna start with Gotham, can you start this season, or do you have to go all the way back? I don't know how much it matters. <laughs> alright, that's what I like to hear. Let, let, let me just wait. If you want to start at a random point and ask me questions, I'm here. I'm ready okay, to Okay, there we go, yeah. So. so are you watching this show because of your commitment to consuming all Batman media? Uh, you know, I think I started out when I did not like watching the show, and now I actually legitimately enjoy it. Um, oh, wow. There are, there are plot stories and arcs in this that are just like, the, like, 
there is nothing that they, as far as I can tell, it, like they're, they're just like, no, we'll do whatever we want. We do not care. Like, you think we won't do this thing because that seems crazy and, and why would we? And it's like, no, we'll why do just it. just do it? <laughs> so, um, oh, I like I mean, that. I like that. Yeah, I'm, I, I have to say, I'm kind of tired of the golden age of television. Um, I realize that sounds ungrateful, but, you know, we're 15 years in and every show is crafted and there's, you know, heroes and anti-heroes and carefully considered this and that and all the other. And I'm like, let's bring back some dumb entertainment. <laughs> Let's bring back some gleefully witness witless. This makes no sense, but uh, why not? It's fun type stuff, you know. Plot line. Who needs it? Right. No, we used to. Um, every once in a while, Phil and I will embark on a summer of X Y Z, and one summer it was Summer of Magnum, where we watched all the Magnum PI episodes. <laughs> oh, no. And like that is a show that is just transcendently dumb. There is literally nothing about that show that that is remotely brainy or forces you to flex any of your thinking any of your thinking skills whatsoever and that's what makes it great like every week they hit a reset button practically and you're just like ooh, this is this is nice this is just a man in dangerously short shorts and a big mustache uh, running around hawaii radiating decency next to his two weird friends yeah I, and i, I tried that I with simon it. and simon and it didn't work mm. <laughs> yeah now, well, you know, I, I grew up in a household that was pretty restrictive with television, so I didn't watch Magnum P.I. when it was first on. And so coming to it now has, has just been a delight. I have to say that. Tom Selleck in that mustache. Oh. I know, when he it's lifts amazing. his eyebrows at the end and they cut to black and the show starts. I know, it's strong. I know, I know. It's those shorts, I know. too. Are we ever going to get well, back to a point in America where men are running around in tiny corduroy shorts? Well, it depends on where you're at. but uh, you Yeah. <laughs> America's future is yet to be written, Lisa. So. Yeah. <laughs> Short shorts are where you find them. Yeah. Ooh, make America short shorts again. Okay. <laughs> okay, we've definitely gone off the rails. No, this is good. I feel like we've covered a lot of important ground and also some other ground that was near that ground. Right. Um, yeah. so a little bit of ground beyond that even so really you know <laughs> listeners i feel like we're, we're providing a valuable service here and i think you know if we end soon we're even we're shorter than the episode and that's that's the promise that's we all, make that's the goal that we're shooting for so on that note why don't we wrap it up why not forever, forever your advocate for corduroy short shorts i'm lisa schmeiser and with me tonight we're phil Mozlock. hey this is a great one i was really happy about it and short shorts again where you find them okay and tony sindler Talk to me about Gotham on Twitter, nerds. No one else is watching it as far as I know. I'm here. I'm ready. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs>